We worked really hard to elect a Democratic president yeah. and vice president, yeah. Democratic-led House, yeah. a Democratic-led Senate. Do it now. But do what now? 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 What Oh, you know, just uh, another day in hell. Uh, I was at Target last night and was kind of just aimlessly wandering up and down the aisles of all the, you know, 40,000 different things made out of corn syrup. And, you know, those all those people that say that capitalism doesn't breed innovation? Well, I would challenge that because uh, Heinz Ketchup, the ketchup company, uh, makes more than just ketchup. I saw three new products I'd never seen before. Buffa Ranch. Cranch Oof. and mayo chup. Oh, God. And all three are the exact same color. <laughs> Fucking gross, man. So, for the people out there that, that are too, you know, just too busy of a day to get out a bottle of uh, buffalo sauce and ranch at the same time, or just, you know, can't find the time in their schedule to combine ranch and, uh, uh, I don't even know what the the KRA and <laughs> what, what, oh, okay, right, yeah. ketchup, ketchup, ketchup and ketchup and ranch, ranch. ketchup right. and ranch. I mean, that's that's pretty complicated to put those two things on a hamburger. I mean, why not just put it in one bottle? Or you know, you just you, maybe ranch is too spicy for you, and you want to just combine, um, you know, something a little less spicy like uh, mayonnaise and ketchup. Heinz ketchup has you covered, America. It's fucking gross. Yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> so I just took a picture of it. and I was like, oh my god, this is just seriously. Like, they're not even coming up with, like, a new thing. Just, like, let's combine the two laziest condiments in the world. <laughs> and there's literally a Mr. Show sketch about uh, mayo stirred. Mustard and mayonnaise mixed <laughs> together. And it was like, should, should we call it mayo stirred or mustayonnaise? And it's just, then they had, like, try new musto mayo. <laughs> like, they combined, like, the, the two different ones. It's, yeah, and... It's like they had like a fake commercial for it. And it's like like Abraham Lincoln, but he's in like a yellow suit and he breaks the door down with a machine gun and like, you know, <laughs> just liberating the, the tyranny of having to use two different jars of condiments and just putting it in one. Uh, and then, of course, there's like a warning that says like, warning, uh, <laughs> mayonnaise will spoil before mustard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I'd probably like cut that. Yeah. Ugh, nasty. <laughs> um, <laughs> well. Anyway, uh, yeah, obviously it was the 4th of July um, weekend uh, over the last weekend, which was probably the reason you saw so much mayo chup and cranch and any whatever other fucking Frankenstein condiment they sell now uh, on the shelf. Um, so, yeah, that was. Did you do anything interesting uh, for 4th or you just kind of. <sighs> no, I just did basic bitch shit. 
Uh, yep. Went to the beach, lit off fireworks, uh, watched some fireworks, uh, was deafened by fireworks. <laughs> right. um, and, and fortunately, we had a huge fucking thunderstorm come through uh, around about 1 a.m. So people had, were like forced to stop setting off the fireworks until 5 a.m. like they usually do. Uh, and so it was, but it was just, there was this weird moment where there was still like just a cacophony. But what they set off in my neighborhood, my, you know, 95% Latino neighborhood, they're not even fireworks. They're just like mortar rounds. They don't put out any sparks. <laughs> just explosives. Or, yes. It, you'll see just like a bomb go off in the air, like a, right. just a quick little flash of light. No, you know, colorful anything. It's just, and it's, it's 10 times louder than any firework you've ever heard. And they exploded only about a hundred feet up, which is right about where my apartment is. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Feet, but by about right. 65 feet up. So yeah. And they'll set them off it from like the, the alleys behind my building. I've even hit, somebody sent one off in the courtyard of my building. You can imagine how much that fucking echoed. Right. Uh, and you know, so then there was this weird moment where like, you know, that was still happening, but then like, just like uh, just massive amounts of thunder and lightning at the same time. So it was just like chaos, chaos, chaos. Uh, and yeah, we had a massacre <laughs> here in Chicago, uh, up in the, suburb of highland park which is actually a ways outside of chicago uh and i knew it was gonna be you know i knew the shooter was gonna be white as soon as i heard it was out in the suburbs because you know that's just the kind of shootings you have in the suburbs as opposed to you know the kind of shootings we have here in chicago proper where it's people get drunk at a party and get into a fight over a girl and shoot each other right uh so yeah i heard about it and i was like oh it's gonna be a mass casualty event shooter sniper up on top of a building uh, and people thought it was fireworks. They didn't run away from the bullets because they thought it was fireworks uh, until it was too late. Right. As you would. I mean, yeah. you know, in that situation. And it's yeah. I mean, it, I mean, at this point, what do you even say? You know, it's just fucking same shit, different fucking day in America. It's it's it's, you know, and again, you know, shocker of all shockers. This kid was a, a fucking walking red flag had 16 knives confiscated a couple of years ago because he threatened to like kill all his family and friends, uh, but was still legally able to purchase a gun, which his dad, you know, co-sponsored him to buy, <laughs> which, and by the way, which was an AR 15, you know, just, just, just miraculously, you know, because of course banning guns would do nothing. Banning that specific gun would do nothing. It just happens to be the one gun that every fucking mass shooter and school shooter decides to use. So, yeah, they confiscated the police back in 2019, confiscated 16 knives, a dagger and a sword. So I wonder how they like to find what a knife is versus a dagger. You <laughs> right. know? Like what Like what a weird. I'm sure there is a weird like six inches and under is a knife and like, you know, 10, <laughs> four to six to 10 inches is a dagger and anything bigger yeah, is a sword. Yeah. Well, if it's bladed on both sides, but it's not a sword, then it's definitely a dagger. You know, is it designed oh, yeah, right. for cutting or is it designed for stabbing? We got to be clear about that. Yeah, so this this kid, this little piece of shit, little fucking murderer gets his dad to sign off on him getting a, a machine gun back in uh, 2020. Uh, there was a little short tweet thread from uh, someone I wanted to read. Illinois State Police told Axios Chicago that Cremo's father co-signed for his Foyd car. It's a federal owner of guns, apparently. Uh, he received after threatening to kill his family. Yeah, yep. you, your son threatens you, and then it's like, I think he should have more guns, you know? He feels really bad about losing all of his knives and his dagger and his sword. You know, I think for his birthday, we're going to get him a, a machine gun. Right. <laughs> uh, so 
This was uh, per Illinois State Police, Kramer's death threats and weapon con- weapon confiscation happened in September 2018. Kramer applied for his FOID card in December 2019, sponsored by his father, and it was reviewed in January of 2020. Because the family did not press charges at the time of the September 19 death threats, ISP says that when they were reviewing Kramer III's FOID card application in January 2022, there was, quote, insufficient basis to establish a clear and present danger and deny the FOID application. <laughs> You know, not that the whole like had his knives confiscated because he threatened to kill his entire family thing. Not not apparently a big enough red flag to uh, to hold up his gun purchase for some. Reason. He, you know, he only had the you know twenty five fucking bladed weapons confiscated the one time. <laughs> you know, there was no pattern of behavior here. I mean, yeah. this this country is just deeply fucking ill. Like, I you know, there's no there's no solution. Nothing's gonna fucking change. This country is just deeply fucked up and it's just going to get worse and like well, and then, no... then this little piece of shit drove to madison wisconsin and was considering you know shooting a whole nother crowd of people and then changed his mind and drove back home just just on a whim was like you know maybe i have killed enough people today which maybe... which is like textbook sociopath behavior like that's actually what happened N- not uh, even mad enough to just keep doing it but just like yeah, I'm done. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that literally is what happened in Columbine. And it's probably why more people didn't die is because uh, Eric Harris, one of the one. And this is like I, I read uh, Columbine, which is a great book by Dave Cullen. He wrote, you know, the definitive accounting of not only the day, but like of everything kind of leading up to it and just a profile of like the fucked up small town nature. But, you know, the whole the whole deal is a really in-depth profile. But um. But that was like one of the things it's like textbook sociopath behavior is that like literally during Columbine, like Eric Harris just got bored and kind of started wandering around and stopped trying to find people. And it's probably why a lot of people were able to get out. And that's the, apparently, according to psychologists, like textbook sociopath behavior, they literally just get bored with something, you know, in the middle of it and will stop it, even if it's something as obscene and like as, you know, obviously like right. Any, anyone else in the world will be like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. What do I do? What did I do? What, what do I do? You know, like. But yeah, no, he, but, you know, well, it was like it was just... like the, the, the text from the uh, Manson massacre He's like, why would you stop stabbing people when you were supposed to kill everyone on the whole block? He's like, my hands started to hurt. Right. <laughs> Total sociopath answer. Because Brad Pitt punched him in know, the face and fucking no. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, you know how many times you got to stab Sharon Tate before she's dead? Like you got to stab someone a lot, like a, yeah. over and over and over and over. For them and over. to be like visibly dead, not just like uh, screaming you know, dying, and trying to right. run away for their life. Yeah. So uh, not to be too morbid, but yeah. uh, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. So you can see why using a gun would be a lot easier, but still, maybe he got tired of the recoil. You know, it looked like he was pretty, pretty fucking frail of a kid. Yeah, no, he looked he looked like a little bitch, but he, yeah, he, he, yeah, it's just you know, and but and by the way, of course, totally t- captured him alive, even though he fled, you know, and they're just no, no real struggles, captured him alive without li- incident, right? The yeah, night, the incident. the day after, fucking cops in Akron, Ohio, shot a black guy twenty sixty times in the back as he was fleeing them, just totally unarmed, you know, fleeing them, running away from them sixty times in the back, but. This fucking little dipshit kills six people, I think. You know, sh- shoots thirty more or something, something to that effect. Um, and, yeah, and fired and just, seventy times. Fired seventy times. Said. And right. his last Facebook post was in May. Apparently, got bored of Facebook, but his last Facebook post was, "You are all sinners." Oh, 
So, you know, just 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 a very <laughs> mentally healthy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what to Trump rallies, deciding that the society must be punished. Um, you know, his dad thinks that, you know, that's that's just fine with me. What could go wrong? Right. Well, his dad apparently ran for like mayor or city council or something. And he's like a right wing <laughs> MAGA guy. So like, you know, it's God. he's a fucking tip. Just typical fucking American. <laughs> just a, just your typical all American story. Just warms your heart like every other fucking <laughs> American mass shooter. Uh, yeah. It, 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 you know, it, usually they just get their guns from negligent, stupid fuck parents that think that they should be giving their 17 and eight year olds weapons that could murder crowds of hundreds of people. That's that's a totally normal, not at all psychotic thing to want to give to your child that you brought into this world. Like that's yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I, it's well, you know, if only we had a but... political party that was opposed to murdering children and, you know, people trying to celebrate uh, our nation's birth. Um, well, so you know, my my my, uh, <laughs> my uh, girlfriend, Ash, was here in town this weekend. We have a long distance thing. And as she's driving out of town, I get a message from her saying that uh, on the uh, on the highway, she saw what she thought was a presidential motorcade. So I looked it up real quick because, you know, they usually announce everything right, right. the president does. And I was like, well, maybe Biden was in Chicago for something. And uh, turns out, no, but Kamala Harris was yeah. <laughs> in Chicago and she was already going to be here for something. <clears throat> so just convenient that we had a massacre that same day, same or same weekend. Uh, so yeah, it turns out that was Kamala Harris's motorcade she saw, and she did make a stop up in Highland Park, where she very enthusiastically made it clear that we are not going to take this line down. We're going to fight to stop these massacres, and I think we have a clip. We do, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> I have two clips. I want to make sure I play the right one. But yeah. we got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere in any peace-loving community and we should stand together and speak out about why it's got to stop. Thank you. Madam Vice President. Thank you. Madam Vice- uh, just clearly, clearly, her Xanax wore off. To me, it's it's amazing to me that she that she wasn't able to to win the primary in California with enthusiasm and vigor like that. Yeah, I mean, it just I, so, she yeah yeah you get like hysterical cackling Kamala or you get human quaalude Kamala. <laughs> no, like she can't do like somber yet stern. You know, like the kind of thing that like you know the illinois governor pritzer like even though he's a democrat he was he got up there and was like i'm fucking furious this is i'm just i'm angry and you should be angry too i don't know if about him but apparently i've heard like decent things about him apparently he's like not that bad in terms of as as far as democrats go at least <sighs> he's not obsessed with pr image he's he, i mean right. he's a big 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 guy you yeah know? no i like, see he's, he's, he looks like a <laughs> right He's like, like, imagine a, like a bit, like just, you know, like he's jolly, your very stereotypical, jolly uh, you know, like, hey, the bulls, hey, yeah, that's yeah. bears, and, and like just that, that guy, but without like the shitty temperament of, of like a New Yorker, right? Right. Uh, and that's Pritzer. Like he's kind of like no frills, no, you know, doesn't really put together like a, like, doesn't seem rehearsed. He's just kind of like, he doesn't seem like a governor. <laughs> he seems right. like, a, he seems like a small town mayor. Right. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've had not a whole lot of, uh, you know, experience with with his kind of stuff. I mean, I, you know, he, he like every fucking Democratic governor endorsed Biden. But, you know, I don't know. 
but uh, yeah. but yeah, but people that, say he's I mean, like a lot more on the Bernie end of the spectrum than Biden, like in terms yeah. of his well, he knows how to speak from a place of actually caring about shit, which right. Kamala so, clearly right. doesn't, <laughs> right? Which, yeah, I mean, it her, she's just, I, I, we were, I think we were talking about this before we went on air, but it, it is really just truly amazing that she's made it as far as she has because she has just no talent for this whatsoever like more so than almost anyone i've ever seen i mean she makes amy klobuchar look charismatic it, it, it's kind of unreal that she has just <laughs> negative charisma like it, it, i i can't I, I really can't wrap my head around it like how she was able to fucking I, needed, you know that's, you know biden biden was the old racist guy and they needed you but know, but even to get this, lady. you know, I mean, even That's to get to where she got before that, though, I mean, I, I totally get why she was the top cop. I mean, she's a fucking cop through and through. She radiates, you know, cop energy. But I, how she actually got the Senate seat. But then again, California is one of the most corrupt states in the country when it comes to, you know, federal offices. So I guess that, you know, is not crazy to to to, to see. And it's, you know, a guaranteed win if you win the primary. Uh, in California, but uh, yeah, I just, man, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really amazing. So, uh, but yeah, she, so she, she's fucking atrocious. Can't even pretend to be empathetic um, for these people who, whose family were murdered and can't even fucking like say that they're going to do everything they can. She's like, we need to speak out and, and about, uh, you know, and, and, and talk about Take how this can't seriously, what are you going to do? What, what, what you're the what fucking the fuck vice president. Do? What do you mean? Speak out motherfucker. Why don't you tell us that you're going to do something like say you're going to do literally anything like you, you fucking it's unreal. Like these people, I just her and fucking Biden, like act like they're like, they're fucking like, you know, thousand follower Twitter accounts. Like, man, we really need to do something. You're the fucking president. Like, what do you mean? We need to do something. <laughs> You, you need to do something. You're the, you're the fucking person that needs to do something. Yeah. Well, it's we fucking real. <laughs> we, it, it's, it's been an amazing, uh, you know, last couple of weeks too, with all these fucking Ukraine Twitter shit libs who have suddenly realized that, you know, their, their hero, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris don't care about them either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. finally, finally an issue Roe v. Wade getting overturned that they're like, you know, an, an issue that they actually will fucking get mad about. And although they still won't riot, even though they promised to promise <laughs> to riot, if they overturn row, fucking put your money on the table. Now. They'd vote Where's right fucking now if they could. <laughs> oh so, I, so we actually have a, a, a clip of, uh, before we get to the, 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 yeah, the shit lib specifics on that one. We have another clip of Kamala that really, I think, plays into what we're talking about because there's just this, another viral clip of her that was going around from, <clears throat> excuse me, I think from, I don't know if it was from 60 Minutes or from, and it was from some cable news, you know, horse shit show. Um, yeah. and, and, and the interviewer was asking her, like, are you guys going to do anything? And, and, and her answer is just amazing. So I'm going to play that and we'll, we'll talk about it. What do you say to Democratic voters who argue, wait a minute? We worked really hard to elect a Democratic president and vice president, Democratic-led House, a Democratic-led Senate. Do it now. But do what now? What now? I mean, we we need, we, listen, what we did, we extended the child tax credit for the first year. Well, I'm sorry, when I say do what, do it now, act uh, legislatively to make abortion rights legal. 
We feel the same way. It, do it now. Congress needs to do it now in terms of permanently putting in place a, a, a clear indication that it is the law of the land that women have the ability and the right to make decisions about their reproductive care, and the government does not have the right to make those decisions for a woman. Wait, 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 wait. so we need to make a clear indication that it's the law of the land? No, 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 you need to make it the law she of the land. She won't say abortion either. She's, like, terrified of saying abortion. It's it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's, and, and I love how she's like, do what now? She's, and the interviewer was like, uh, pass legislation. She's like, oh, that, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. That That's what we should She starts talking about the fucking child tax credit, which, by the way, they let expire. Why the fuck would you even talk about that? You put that was the thing they bragged about, like, oh, well, we took fifty percent of ch- uh, we, we we cut childhood poverty in half by fifty percent, and then they let it expire, so they raised childhood poverty by fifty percent. What she's like, saying is now, now that they're going to make abortion legal, at least now you'll have a child tax credit after you're forced to have a baby you didn't right. want. But you That's won't what even because they fucking let it. I know, but you won't right. even because they let it expire. So why would you even bring that up? It's another fucking failure. It, it's just she's so bad at this. They're so I, I have never in my fucking lifetime and in all my time, like just studying and reading about and learning about different presidential administrations seen just such an like incredible. I mean, look, we knew we knew who Biden was. We knew he was right wing. We knew he was shitty. We knew he was never particularly good at governance. I mean, he he stumbled into the vice presidency because oh, he's, they're they're always good at doing what they want to do. When they want to make sure that Ukraine has uh, five thousand javelin rockets, they get that shit done overnight. Oh, right, but well, that's because they all want that. That's not because he wants it. I mean, every you know, they want but, the crime bill passed. They will move heaven and earth. He's always been hapless. I mean, he's you know he was known as like the guy who just says stupid shit all the time. You know, Biden and his gaffes, and he just stumbled into the vice presidency and into relevancy because Barack Obama needed a white racist to make all the white racists feel comfortable voting for him. And, you know, that that raised his profile way higher than it ever should have been. He was a mostly feckless senator who was just known to just, you know, kind of be this guy that fucking, you know, went along with whatever, you know, corporate donor uh, paid him off for that particular election cycle, told him to do. And now he's the fucking president and he has no desire, will or um, ability to lead. <laughs> and no. I, I've never seen a presidential administration do less. It, it, it's fucking amazing. The well, he, lengths I mean, they will go to to not do it, anything. He went into the office with no agenda and no agenda is what we've gotten. You know, even the few, th- you know, few little promises he did make, uh, you know, he's not going to do any of those things. What was, you're, what was the. Well, I was gonna say your your life right now, not your, but like you, 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 the royal you, is worse in right now than it was when Donald Trump was still in office. Like objectively, if you cared about women's rights, if you cared about you know taking COVID remotely seriously, you know the the federal free testing program was still in place. You know there were still uh, stimulus checks at least being discussed, and you know were giving out at at times. During, and again, this is not to say that Donald Trump did anything good, but. That's how fucking feckless and pathetic Joe Biden is, is that your rights have been rolled back since Joe Biden and the Democrats have fucking taken power in every fucking chamber of, 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 you know, of of Washington. The the funniest part to me about all this, you know, and not to diminish how horrifying uh, the repeal of Roe is, but I, I think Trump truly thought that when those judges that he nominated said that it was 
precedent law and shouldn't be overturned. He, I think he believed them. And because in private, he's very worried about this repealing Roe hurting his chances of running again in 2024. Privately, right. he's very worried about that and thinks that it, it's, it was a huge mistake. But that's that's just, you know, him underestimating his own base and how, you know, how, you know, he's been been cosplaying as a Christ, uh, Christo fascist, not realizing that, like, he's been enabling <laughs> a, a movement for that thing of people who are not cosplaying. They really are that thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think I think you underestimated how fucking insane most Republicans are. <laughs> like, I don't think you fully grasped the 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 the, the breadth of how. He's like, yeah, I'm sure he thought he was just like, were. we're all just we're all just faking this. Right. You don't really believe this fucking shit, do you? Right. <laughs> what he said, if I ever ran for president, I'd run as a Republican because their voters are the dumbest people on earth and you can easily manipulate them. He meant that. I think he just just like you said, un- underestimated truly how religiously insane and stupid and dangerous these people are. And now he's worried that like undermining, you know, Roe is, cause you know, all these fucking old white guys, like they all want to ban abortion until they need to get one because they're, <laughs> of fucking, you know, knocked up the babysitter or whatever. Right. So it, it's like, you know, that deep down they don't, they, it's just, it's purely posturing. Right. No, of course. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's <laughs> going to get worse from here. It's fucking really uh, troubling. But I mean, and, you know, to the point we were talking about earlier, uh, even even the shit libs. I mean, when you've lost Deborah Messing, you've really fucking lost. You've <laughs> lost America as you know, as as goes Deborah Messing. So goes America, as, as I think the phrase that they use. I, I don't even know who she is if it wasn't for her fucking radical centrism. No, like, I know. She was on some she shitty on sitcom. She was on Will and Grace, that awful fucking show in the 90s that like super. I, I don't think I ever watched a single episode of that show. That's what she was on. Yeah, it was really bad. It was like that show that was like about the two. It was about like two gay characters and then one of them lived with her because like the network didn't want to have like two gay characters living together. So they had to like pretend <laughs> right. that the, that he was going to turn straight, even though they never had. An, yeah, it was a whole yeah, stupid yeah. You the know. gays had to have separate beds or some shit like that, right? right? No, and, well, and they were never <laughs> together. They were the the two gay characters were never together. That the the I think she lived with him with one of the one of the guys, and like the whole thing was like I think to make the network happy, they had to like tease a will they won't they with them, even though like you know he was gay. Like it was just yeah, it, it was it was like you know it, it was total nineties fucking you know Ugh. we don't want to piss them off too much kind of thing, but. I mean, yeah, nobody's going to watch that show except for women and gay men anyway. So what the fuck are they? Who are they and, worried about offending? Right. And, and I also must stress deeply, deeply unfunny. It was really unfunny. <laughs> like it was really like as far as sitcoms go, it wasn't even like in the top tier of like bad. Yeah, I, I feel like sitcoms. I've seen some gifs or memes about like one of the like, you know, one of the more comedic relief characters. And she was just like a fucking wine lush. And that was the, the right. joke every yeah. episode, basically. <laughs> yeah. So just this is somebody who deeply with a passion hates Susan Sarandon uh, who you know they hate Susan Sarandon because they know that Susan Sarandon's right, right right and it's just that she's the only one that's willing to fucking say it because she doesn't care about image uh, at all uh, despite you know being a fucking national treasure and radiant and beautiful at every single age of her life <laughs> you know still like fucking 60 whatever it's it's unbelievable oh, she's, she's she's well over I think she's seven, seven so I'll look this up here is she wow. she's 70 damn let's see it's not not bad not bad at all uh oh she's 75 god damn 
He's the same age as my mother. <laughs> God, seventy five. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, the secret is not being hateful, <laughs> right? No, that that it tends to age you a little bit. But yeah, so Deborah Messing uh, finally finally learned the lesson that Susan Sarandon learned a long fucking time ago. Because um, yeah, like you said, <laughs> Deborah Messing has uh, broken up with the Democratic Party. Apparently, um, at least so for was, now. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll still fundraise for him, but right. she's very she's gonna sternly wag her finger at somebody at the White House. This you guys from, do that eighteen or nineteen more times, and I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So from CNN politics this couple days ago, Washington, Washington CNN, Deborah Messing was fed up. The former Will and Grace star was among dozens of celebrity Democratic reporters and activists who joined a call with the White House aides last Monday to discuss the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. First of all, why? Right. How? how <laughs> Why? Why are like C-list celebrities allowed to be on a on a conference call with the White House in the first place? Like, is that it's, <laughs> it's just it's preposterous? But yeah, yeah cl- clearly because that's where the money is. is right, the C-listers. Uh, the mood was fatalistic, according to three people on the call, which also was co uh, co organized by the advocacy 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 group Build Back Better Together. I'm sure that's a pack. Messing said she'd gotten Joe Biden elected. She's taking credit for all of it on her own. <laughs> Nobody tweeted harder than me. Okay. I got him elected. Me. Messing said she'd gotten Joe Biden elected and wanted to know why she was being asked to do anything at all, yelling that there didn't even seem to be a point to voting. <laughs> yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh, finally. Finally. Uh, others wondered why the call was happening. <laughs> like they're getting a phone call. And they're like, it's the White House and people want money from you. You're like, why are you who got who gave you my number? Why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> you get this number? Oh, and this fuck. is the best part. That afternoon, participants received a follow up email with a list of basic talking points and suggestions of Biden's speech clips to share on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, are you gonna are you gonna legislate? No, but here's some talking points for the fucking Gen Z voters on TikTok. Here's some stuff for the gram. Just 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 fucking unreal. Uh, you just you're gonna have to just influence a little harder, and then maybe we can think about you know passing some legislation down the road. That was, know, it, 2050. It reminded me of like during the primaries when obviously Simone Sanders had control of Joe Biden's Twitter account and she like popped into some like late night DJ set on like Twitter live and like posted a thumbs up as Joe Biden, as if Joe Biden's listening to fucking Twitter, you know, DJs at 3am or whatever. It was just the funniest, like try hard thing I've ever seen, but yeah. It's just, Just, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fucking course with these assholes. This is, you know, and, and but it's still it's like are they like you know they can do shit when they want to but then you also see things that show that they like everyone said George Bush was incompetent and yeah George Bush was incompetent but Dick Cheney and all you know Donald Rumsfeld were cold calculating monsters that got their agenda done because they wanted to right and then you see stuff about the Democratic Party and you wonder like you feel like the Democratic Party really is dumber than George Bush um Oh, for sure. For sure. I had a thing here. Uh, Oh, actually, it's further down in some of the stuff I was going to read later, but we'll we'll circle back to that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Nina Turner responded to this saying, why was the White House holding a meeting with Deborah Messing and other celebrities (laughs) 
three days after Rose overture, instead of doing everything in their power to pressure Mansion, Cinema, Collins, and Murkowski on the filibuster? Great question. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I wonder. I wonder why they're not pressuring those people because, of course, we they need them to be the uh, revolving villain. Um, and then, then, then this, this is just, this just shows you like how widespread the stupid is with these people that they just like, they never look outside their bubble, right? They, they're just, they're just dumbfounded right now. They're like, well, how could this have happened? This is, this is a tweet from Mark Joseph Stern. He's the senior writer at slate slate.com. They've been around a while and he tweeted out if two weeks ago, you had told me that Biden's response to Rose reversal would be this feckless and torpid and pathetic. I wouldn't have believed you. It's a total abdication of leadership on an issue that sits at the heart of the Democratic Party. It's just appalling. <laughs> well, there's your first problem right there is Democratic Party doesn't have a fucking heart. Right. I mean, that's yeah. It, it, it's just God, I, I you know, again, I, I can't even feel bad for these people because they've they, they're, you know, the last fucking idiots leaving leaving the ship as ship as it's sinking, but it, it, it's, it's they they projected all of the things they wanted onto Joe Biden, just like they projected all the things they wanted onto Hillary Clinton. You know, I mean, if you, if you it was like all those polls, it was like they pulled Hillary supporters about what things they liked most about Hillary, and they were almost completely all untrue about her, but were true about Jill Stein. Right, <laughs> right. No, of course. Um, yeah, I, I just. But now, you know, we're also seeing a backlash to the backlash to Biden. Uh, Rep. Ro Khanna got out his finger wagging to to uh, to tone police everyone who's suddenly uh, pissed off. He's tweeted out, "There's a tone in which to challenge the administration and offer new ideas, and that tone ought to be one of good faith to help the president, not throwing darts to weaken him when he's the leader of our party." I would argue the leader of the party is still Barack Obama, but yeah. So Rep. Rep. Okana, who's uh, one of the progressives, uh, doesn't like our tone. Doesn't like the tone of people who uh, have previously supported Biden and who are now outraged. But so uh, holding Biden accountable, I mean, tweeted out. Yeah, uh, it's Biden's bad faith rejection of those ideas that is weakening him. You're not challenging the most powerful person in the world if you're busy tone policing those of us who are. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, no, well said. And I mean, Rokana, what a what a fucking clown of all clowns. I mean, the wettest of noodles. I mean, just imagine Joe Biden. Like, I don't think there's been a more unpopular president this this short into their fucking tenure in in, in modern history. Like, I I, I think no. he's you know you know the, well the least po- the the most unpopular Democratic president in. A century. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just imagine not realizing the massive political liability to even saying that you support him right now, let alone saying that nobody should challenge him because nobody could beat him in a primary. I would argue almost anybody could beat him in a primary if they had the fucking balls to do it. Fucking Bernie, you know, as old as he is, you know, he's about the same age as Joe Biden. If Joe Biden plans on running again. Bernie certainly could beat him in a primary if he wanted to, but he already said he's not going to. Uh, yeah, Bernie, Bernie fucking chained himself up. You know, but I remember back when Bernie ran in 2016, everyone said he was just going to be a sheepdog and everyone got mad because he didn't turn out to be a sheepdog. But like now he is that. <laughs> I can, right. Like, I or he's just, he's just he doesn't have an in him anymore. He doesn't have it. You know, whatever, whatever it is, he doesn't have the fight in him anymore to carry it over the finish line. Um, 
and you know i'm sure he uh, you know I, I can't even blame him because if i went through what he went through in 2020 uh well i mean number one i would have been like fuck you fucking guys yeah drop 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 out drop these fucking nuts i'm like i'm gonna drop out after you you know tried to to throw the entire fucking primary in my opponent's favor but you know, I wouldn't want to go through that again if I was him, because he knows even if he fucking starts to win, they're just going to do everything they can to cheat him again. So, like, what the fuck is the point, you know, of from, course. His, from his perspective? No, I know. But he he's already said, well, he's going to, you know, Joe Biden <clears throat> runs again for re-election. Bernie says he's going to support him. Right. So, I mean, right there, it doesn't matter what Joe Biden does. Bernie's going to back him. Right. Right. No accountability. No, no, no punishment for failing miserably. You know, I would just, love that's how people are allowed to fail up in the party. I would love if somebody asked, more, like, is there literally nothing he could do that you wouldn't want to support him as the incumbent? Like, what if Joe Biden dropped a nuclear bomb on Russia, <laughs> like, like, in, like a couple months from now? Would you still be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? He's still the leader of our party. Like, it, w- what is the limit that you're willing to support this fucking feckless piece of shit, warmongering maniac who is literally doing everything he can to get us into a war with Russia. You know, I mean, this is, I have to imagine the most money we've ever funneled into a proxy war, uh, certainly in a, in this short of a time frame. I mean, I'm sure the entirety of the cold war, we probably spent more money, but not in a year or not even a year. I mean, fucking what? Six months since the fucking no. Russia, Ukraine, no. like no. real hardcore, you know, co- conflict is like combat is, been going on but. i've noticed that like the number of ukraine flags i see in people's twitter handles has has drastically uh diminished <laughs> which is which is great because now you see like it's become like its own cliche you know just like the worst takes you're gonna see from the radical center is they're gonna have ukraine flags it's like it's become just universally understood <laughs> right um as people have now learned more about how much of the fucking denazification thing was legit <laughs> right. And they've right. learned about, you know, the the history of this conflict and, you know, like us, how we've learned, uh, you know, this isn't something new that started in 2014. This goes back uh, well before World War Two. Um, so, yeah, it's it, <laughs> people are it's, you know, the, the people who would otherwise probably still support Biden are just like, why you're not going to fucking do anything. You're not even going to do the 10 percent of student debt, but you can send all this fucking money to you know, fight Putin in Ukraine. Like nobody fucking cares about Ukraine. Nobody actually cares unless they're from there. Right. They just pretend to because it's the fucking trendy, you know, Coney 2012 of, of 2022. <laughs> Coney, oh know? my God. <laughs> oh, that happened so fucking. I remember seeing Aaron Paul wearing a Coney 2012 shirt and I was like, oh no, it's fucking, <laughs> it's done. Oh, Jesse, what the fuck are you doing? And, and like, I almost don't. I mean, I blame them, but I also like, I know they're kind of idiots when it comes to shit like that. They don't even know what the fuck they're supporting. Like, I don't think there's maliciousness. I just think they don't know it. I just think, don't think they're curious enough to even look into these things. No. That no, like, People are like, know, oh, this is a good cause, you know? When you're famous, everyone's constantly coming up to you with shit, too. And if you're nice, right. which I'm sure he is a nice guy, you, you like, don't want to yeah. just, like, brush people aside. You'd be like, oh, that's awful, man. That's, oh, that's fucking terrible. Right, you don't be like, oh, I don't child, care about that cause that you told child me. Child soldiers and this warlord? Oh, oh it, it, it ended five years ago already? Well, what are you doing? Like, he didn't bother to look into it, obviously. Right. <laughs> he just put a t-shirt on his fucking... Instagram right. or whatever. Right. And then everyone after that guy got, you know, didn't he have like a mental breakdown? They caught him like, like running around the streets, like jerking off or something. But he was running around the streets of LA smashing car windows, which I totally support, but he was also naked and jacking off, which I also. <laughs> 
typically support, but not <laughs> not at the not same in time. public. Not in public should you you know that's you don't combine the two, right? You know that's no, yeah, no. I mean, and I'm all for public nudity if it's that's the event that's going on. But you don't want to just put yourself out there alone naked. That's gonna cause cause some problems. So yeah, but like right. literally, it was like two weeks after that he fucking became a household name. That happens, right? So like, <laughs> talk about talk about fifteen minutes of fame. Brutal, fucking yeah. brutal. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't even remember how we got on that subject, but yeah, no, Ukraine. So, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's not even really anything to update about Ukraine. I, I, I have to imagine that's going very poorly for Ukraine because we don't hear about uh, minutia of conflicts at all. You have to really no. seek it out. The, so, the media is like, "Oh, Rose, the new, you know, that's all we're going to focus on now," and that's that's fine. But it also just shows how much they never really cared about Ukraine. But we were being spoon fed, just well, not really spoon fed, more like shoveled uh, right. propaganda about Ukraine. You gone, and it was just completely, completely one sided. I read all the headlines that I could stand to read on this show for the last few months about just how ridiculously one side of the Western media is on, on this. And, you know, it's not because the, if, if they, if they really were anti-war, you know, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, but they, but they're not because anytime we go to war, it's completely the other way around and how what our invasions are completely fucking justified. And there was a reason and they did this. So we have to respond. And like, none of that, none of that for this conflict. Yeah. And but, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it it's just a hundred miles an hour, just just pure bullshit and you know biden like again the, but like the, what yeah so they they moved to talking about you know how horrible it is that roe got rolled back which it fucking is i mean we talked you know at length and i think pretty passionately about that when it happened but um they, we know they're not going to do anything about it this is they love fucking when horrific shit happens that they can use to fundraise i mean the the fucking the the corp the corpse of fucking Roe was not cold in the ground before they were sending out fundraising emails and it's just the most fucking gauche, it, disgusting you know thing imaginable and I think Wait, what that was that was, word you said gauche. gauche yeah how do you spell that uh, I think it's like G A U C H E I don't know what that word means what's that word it's, mean it's like distasteful I, I believe it's a French word um huh or that it uh let me just if I could find a definition for you while we're on the air. Uh, la- yeah, yeah, lacking ease or grace, unsophisticated and socially awkward. Yeah, uncouth would be the version my, my father would say. So yeah, um, same, same deal. Um, but yeah, it, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's just fucking gross. And it's, um, you know, but then again, you know, they move on to this and I, and Biden fucking said something the other day. I, in a, I didn't, I didn't have a clip of it, but there was a, um, I'll see if I can find the verbiage because somebody take, oh, here it is. So, uh, you heard, you all heard what happened to, about what happened. And this was the day that fucking Roe got struck down. Uh, we are all reminded there's nothing guaranteed about democracy, nothing guaranteed about our way of life. You have to fight for it, defend it and earn it by voting. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? You, they voted for you already. You're in office. Are you fucking sundowning again? Like you're in office. You're standing in front of the white house. Like, what are you fucking talking about? They voted yeah, for you. No. They voted for your shitty fucking, you know, corporate cocksucking fucking party that are in power in every fucking branch of government except for the Supreme Court, which you've, you know, already, you know, it, it done everything you can to fucking botch, um, you know, imaginable. And, and, and you know, again, like they just 
Democrats could not give less of a fuck about actual strategy when the Republicans have been doing nothing but strategizing. This is like a fucking 50 year strategy they've been working on to, to get this, you know, this Catholic fucking Christo fascist supermajority that they have right now. And, um, the, uh, Biden, I think, I don't know if you saw that article today in CNN about how he had to delay the announcement of a federal fucking judge in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. An uh, anti-abortion so judge. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to read from that, actually, mm-hmm. um, because there's some there's some great nuggets in there. Uh, so the headline, you, you, I think you sent this to me. Actually. Yeah, I sent it to you um, earlier, I believe. Yeah. So emails show White House initially planned to nominate anti-abortion Republican. Not not an anti-abortion Democrat, but an anti-abortion Republican to federal judgeship on uh, the same day that Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Lifetime so, seat. Yeah. And, and, you know, federal judges is where they pull from to put on the Supreme Court. Yep. So if that's the stepping stone. And on all the different circuit courts, which are just as, you know, horrific, just as yeah. significant and because that's what actually gets the Supreme Court. But yeah, go ahead. So this was this was the bit that I was trying to get to where you think like they're, you know, like they're they're secret agents for the Republican Party, but then also they're fucking incompetent <laughs> right. at the same time. Um, so I, I there's one sentence in here I have that's uh, bold and italic, so I would remember to point it out. So this is uh, CNN White House informed Kentucky Democratic Governor Andy Bashir Bashir Bashir, I believe. Yeah, uh, uh, informed his office in late June, the day before the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, that President Joe Biden intended to nominate an anti-abortion Republican. Uh, yeah, when he says we have to fight, he means he doesn't mean fight against them. <laughs> you got to fight uh, me, me. I'm the one you have to fight. You have to right. fight me. I'm the final boss. You have to fucking beat me in combat. So he intended to uh, uh, nominate an anti-abortion Republican as a federal judge in Kentucky, according to emails obtained by CNN on Wednesday through an open records request. The new email from the White House dated June 23, stating that Biden planned to nominate an anti-abortion Republican to a lifelong appointment judgeship the following day, the day that the Roe ruling apparently, or I'm sorry, ultimately came out, appears to further bolster the idea that the White House did not anticipate Roe to be overturned that Friday. They it was fucking leaked two months ago, and they still thought like, oh, it. it's not going to happen. They knew when it was going to be on the fucking docket. They fucking told you they were going to do it. What do you think was going to? Yeah, completely so, feckless. CNN previously reported that Biden's intention to nominate Meredith to the federal judgeship, uh, Bashir, a Democrat, strongly criticized Biden, saying in a recent conference, quote, if the president makes that nomination, it is indefensible. So, yeah, that, that apparently that's the tone that Ro Khanna doesn't like. Right. From um, from the, the, the Democratic, you know, shit lib governor of Kentucky was still like, I can't believe he's going to fucking do something as insane as this. Give a major fucking lifetime appointment to a far right anti-abortion fucking Republican judge. You're the fucking Democrat. And and I don't know if it's if, if, if you're going to read from this, but the reason he's doing it is because this was some fucking grand strategy to get a couple of federal prosecutors through. Uh, who aren't right. even fucking lifetime appointments. <laughs> You're willing to give up a fucking lifetime. But this is, again, why it's it's, it's a blend of incompetence right. and just malicious, you know, disregard. A deal with Mitch McConnell. It's like, <laughs> like really, you trust that guy? Right. That, right. That's the guy you trust. You re- That's that's who you're willing to work with. That's who you're going to fight alongside with. Yep. So two more paragraphs real here, uh, real quick here. Um when Biden asked more, bro- uh, when asked more broadly whether Biden would ever appoint a judge who doesn't support abortion rights at the federal bench, is uh, White House spokesperson Jean Pierre said that uh, that was a hypothetical scenario that she couldn't speak to. 
that's not a, not a just, hypothetical fucking scenario. You literally just said that they're going to be doing that, that they had to postpone it. That's not a hypothetical. <sighs> Pressed on whether that would be a litmus test for Biden, Jean-Pierre repeated, quote, all I can tell you is that we don't normally speak on vacancies that where we haven't made a decision yet, whether it's on a judicial level or the executive branch. Everything's so no. up in the air. We have no morals or principles. Anything could, anything's possible. We don't know. <laughs> Translation: No, not at all. Litmus test. We have no litmus tests. We don't believe in litmus tests. We, we believe in zero fucking tests whatsoever. I mean, what if Hillary runs again, and you know the only person willing to run alongside her is Tim Kaine? I mean, we wouldn't want to stop that from happening again, now, would we? <laughs> oh man, I would love to. See, I, I, I would just be so morbidly curious to see who she would pick as a running mate like I, you know this this go around because oh my god they they can't help themselves and this is like the incompetent not the evil part of the democrat i mean they're you know evil through and through but the incompetent part of them is like she won't be able to help herself but to pick somebody to the right of her which is kind of hilarious because she's as far right as you can fucking possibly be you know for a politician in in america but um it it would be fucking hilarious to see like the the person to the right of her that she picks thinking that that's going to make like white uh right wing men like be comfortable voting for her <laughs> while she's while they think she's like fucking you know satan incarnate running a pedophile ring in like the bottom of a pizzeria like that I mean, she'd never pick a, a woman as a running mate because oh, fuck they just no. like the polls like the the you know the strategists would never allow that but it'd be hilarious to like watch her pick like stacy abrams and then see her poll numbers amongst like suburban white women fucking go in the toilet <laughs> right and her poll numbers among black women probably as well because stacy abrams is about as right wing as you could fucking get like constantly loves talking about giving more money to the fucking feckless cops oh, yeah that was the, somebody somebody uh she tweeted about uh living wages in relation to the police and somebody uh, looked up her, her tweets and fu- found out that that was the first time that Stacey Abrams had ever tweeted the words living wages. <laughs> right. Not not for the teachers, not for teachers who make on average half what the police make. Cops but, make fucking obscene amounts of money. The whole fucking structure. And they, of, and they can retire after 10 fucking years. Right. Or 20, <laughs> so whatever it is. Pension. Yeah, they get a lifetime pension. I believe it's at well, at certain states, it's after 20 years. But regardless, it's way fucking less time than almost any other job. You get paid, you know, uh, with the fucking overtime they get, they make easily upwards of a hundred thousand dollars a year. It, it's preposterous to act you, like. You cops. really gotta watch. Uh, we own this city. That that miniseries. Yeah, from, yeah. Uh, the David from, Harper uh, or David Simon, yeah. not David Harper. <laughs> That's hot from David Simon. Because yeah, I mean, they should, they just like for one, they're just like straight up stealing all the, the fucking drug money they can, uh, right. knowing that nobody can report it. Uh, but then they're also just like, oh, I have to, uh, you know, on on one of the days they have to go to the courthouse to testify, you know, they will sign themselves in for, uh, you know, multiple different courtrooms, whether they're in the room or not. Right. So they're, get, they're getting like, you know, stealing four times more overtime than they even would get. Right. Right. And that's ultimately how they caught these guys was because they were they were really sloppy about reporting the money they were stealing from taxpayers. Right. Um, no. But yeah, uh, just a really great, great series. It's a shame it's only six episodes because it's like you just you, you want more wire, basically. <laughs> right. Right. And plus fucking Bernthal's in it. So, you know, I watch anything he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a dirty cop, he's great because he's he's like plays a very convincing dirty cop. You look, who, I mean, he looks like a cop. He look. He's got that just oh, yeah. great, that great fucking like 
tough guy. I'll beat the fucking shit out of you. you right. Know, well, and he's also like he, the character. They're all they're all based on real characters, right. um, Rather than being fictionalized, but he's like like you can you can really see the allure of him because he takes mm-hmm. care of all the guys under him that he also like cons into doing crimes for him. <laughs> so right. they're like so he he really like you know he he comes off as this very inspiring person so they all think that like oh i'm not doing anything wrong he says it's okay and like he (laughs) you really see how the corruption works right um almost even more than in the wire you you understand the motivation why so many people would be corrupt um when you think that you have you have all this power but you're also a good person for putting up with you know shit going out on the street at the same time right um well, yeah. you know, on that, uh, while we're on the subject of shows, we should we should briefly talk about the the last two episodes of Stranger Things because we've kind of been not reviewing it but keeping up with it as it's going along. <laughs> certainly, yeah. well, I mean, we we reviewed like I think like the whole seasons of you know previous to this two and but three. We I haven't believe, really, or at least never really had time to to do that so much recently. I never, and yeah, also, I never like, time. I don't really know if I have like a whole you know episode of things to say about it, but um yeah i could i could have done one for the for the whole season i definitely couldn't have done like episode by episode but yeah no um um, but so what are are your thoughts on it yeah no i i i loved it i mean i you know i think we when i when we talked earlier about the earlier you know half or three quarters of the season um i enjoyed it i think a little more than you um I, i i think i shared some of the criticisms i just don't think that they quite bothered me as much because i think a lot of this season was built on the movies that I love, like the, you know, may- maybe not the best movies, but like really enjoyable eighties horror movies, nightmare on Elm street, you know, uh, fuck it. Like it, there was a lot of, a lot of elements of it, you know, both the book and the movie and, in, in, in the Vecna, you know, character. And, you know, I think a lot for some people that was a little jumping the shark, but I really enjoyed, uh, the whole kind of retconning of like what has happening with the upside down and why it's the way it, it, it makes a little more sense than, than just, you know, there's just a new weird malevolent creature that's trying to peek through every but like, yeah. it, you know, all, it, it makes sense even if it's not the, the most original. And, and that's like the thing with stranger things is it's never been the most original show. It's very much a uh, deliberate ripoff slash homage to, you know, the Duffer brothers, favorite creators, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, you know, there's a HP Lovecraft. There's a lot of, uh, really, you know, obvious fucking homages slash, you know, ripoffs from all of those, those oh, people. Yeah. Well, um, what's interesting to me is, you know, they, these two guys clearly did not live through the eighties. Like they have no memory. I of... think they're younger than me. I, I could be yeah. wrong, but they're they're about my. But well, like one of, one of the, the hilarious things I was reading was how often that Winona Ryder would have to like correct them <laughs> right. about about like the chronology of things in the happening in the eighties, where they would they would just be fucking sloppy and they would be like, okay, well this this scene's taking place in in nineteen eighty three, but you you want to play a song is from nineteen eighty eight. Like if you you can't you just when, can't you know when Ono just pulling the fucking Corey Haim from that the comic book store scene in Lost Boys right. like, you can't put the Superman fifty seven with the with the two hundreds right. I haven't even discovered Red Kryptonite yet. Well, I mean, if there was ever an uh, an uh, you know eighties icon that would you know like get the shit right, it would be my own writer. No, of course, fucking would. Uh, who, by the way, I mean, like, I, I was the star of Heather's. Like, come on, don't fucking disrespect. Me I, like I that, can't guys. believe that she's the age that she is and still like just 
incredible stuff from Winona. But um, the, you know, this season especially, it was it was just I was like, oh wow, still got it, still got it for sure. Um, but yeah, mm. uh, no, but I, and I, I really enjoy that like aspect of the show, the fact that it does because it pays homage to all the fucking you know creators of horror and sci-fi that I love. I fucking you know I, I read every fucking good bad and in between Stephen King book there is I've you know seen every John Carpenter movie I I, like these are a a lot of like things that were very seminal to my uh, you know coming of age in terms of like the stories that I you know grew up on so I very much I think I I, I'm a have a kindred spirit to those guys like in terms of what what influenced them but you know that being said I think that they there are touches of really you know triumphant and transcendent kind of moments of of you know filmmaking cinema movie making whatever you want to call it i mean just they they know how to do big moments on that show right like whether you know you do you like the way it got there or not i think that they really put together you know endings really well like they i think they learned a lot from game of thrones especially the season of like doing the big reunion after you've had your characters all across the board for the entirety of the season sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that looks like is very heavily influ. I mean, they even got the guy who did the fucking night King to do Vecna's, you know, practical makeup. So I think that was certainly oh, wow. something no, that was, that. yeah, yeah, that's that. And he's like 90%, you know, practical, like that just the tentacles obviously are CGI, but his whole fucking, you know, gross ass face and tendon, <laughs> yeah. you know, get up is, yeah, Great. And um, I, I actually really yeah, I, I know we, we joked about like his voice and everything. I didn't realize I saw a video online the other day. He really does that fucking voice. I thought that was like a modulated computer voice The the Jamie. No. Yeah, no, he yeah. fucking I saw a video of him doing it. I was like, that's fucking creepy. Like, that's really good. Like, dude, should yeah. be like a fucking audiobook narrator. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the voice takes away from me because it's so over the top. But I mean, the visuals of the that. I thought it was yeah. better in the clip I saw because it wasn't kind of like pitch modulated a little bit the way it was on uh. the show. You know what I mean? Like it, like just him doing it like raw, like in a studio sounded even creepier More than effective. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I almost huh. wish they'd gone with that. Cause so I don't know like, the actor's name, but the guy who played the, the person who was, you know, like the metal head who was on the run the whole time, who was wanted for these Eddie. Murders. Yeah. The guy who plays Eddie Munson. Uh, right. Joe so something. he, um, when he went in to do his ADR, they said, well, Hey, do you, it was, it was the ADR for the scene of the cheerleader who gets killed first. Right. Right. And cause he's, he's not actually, when they film everything, um, you know, he, he wasn't literally in the room, you know, when they filmed her death, even though he is in the scene, he wasn't actually filmed it totally separately. They're like, Hey, do you want to see the footage of, you know, what you're reacting to of her, you know, being, brutally killed right uh and they showed him and he was like netflix is not gonna let you actually show that (laughs) he was like i just i want to let you know and they were like yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna and they're also gonna let us show it it happen over and over and over (laughs) so uh, he he was just convinced that that was too violent that netflix wouldn't allow it um which i thought was just kind of amazing that he was he you know, one of your actors hasn't even seen the scene when they see it. They, they can't believe what you've done. It was it, it it was fucking gruesome. Like I remember the first time that happens to her in that in the trailer. You're like Jesus fucking Christ, because you know you expect whatever her head gets ripped, but like she fucking gets like you know she's floating in the air. They fucking snap her arm. They snap her leg, which 
always grosses me out when a fucking bone, you know, break. Oh, yeah. Well, usually and, and, when you show someone get their head chopped off or arms chopped off, it like immediately cuts away. Right. right. It's and, very. And that's how you, you do it in American sterile, TV and everything. But when you show someone's arms, like basically their elbow break backwards the wrong direction and then you don't cut away, it's really more effective and horrifying. Right. And then you, you rip their eyeballs into their head. Like it was fucking gross. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, man, that's yeah. fucking brutal. Um, but no, and man, uh, yeah, you gotta shock people nowadays. We, we have fucking holiday massacres are a normal thing now. So, well, and, like- and that, and I think that also plays into the things that they were paying homage to. I mean, obviously the season was heavily influenced by nightmare and Elm street. Vecna is about as close to a Freddy knockoff as you can get, you know, in terms of the way he kills people. Yeah. Um, but also and, Firestarter too. I mean, this far was, this, yeah, there's a lot of, you that. know, going back to this lab and seeing, you know, spending so much time, like I, I think more time that was necessary with, you know, these flashback scenes of 11. They had to keep and, her on ice till the last couple episodes. It felt very deliberate that it was like, all right. This yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, this feels like kind of trauma porn, but not in a way that's really, you know, like right. I, I, I get that you know the uh, Matthew Modine's like this evil person, but it's just, it's he's not even convincing at it because he's I, like you can tell he's such a nice guy in real life that he just doesn't play a convincing villain. Well, I I, I kind of I don't know. I mean, I almost kind of disagree because I like the fact that he thinks that he's not a villain. Like I, oh, I, I yeah yeah. You know I, mean? I think he does that well. Like it, it's not he doesn't he's not mustache twirling, but he does seem like he thinks he's doing the right thing. But then there are the moments where he's alone with um. With Brenner, uh, or not with Brenner, with fucking um, uh, Paul Reiser. I forget his character's name. And, and he's he just Paul Reiser. Right, he's, he's just Paul, Paul Reiser. And, and, Paul yeah. Reiser, or he's Burke from Aliens. Right, Doc, Doctor Paul only... Reiser. And, he, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you could tell, his like, installation has a has a significant significant financial. Well, I forget the, the line. You know the line. Right. Talking about. And and he knows he knows who he is deep down, but I mean he doesn't want to admit it to himself. But I I really love the fact that not only does does Elle get to like stand up to him and have her like first, I, I think her first moment in the entire series where she's like truly, you know, not just fighting a fucking faceless monster, but standing up to, you know, a human and not, you know, like it, it just felt like it, it felt like a really positive improvement and like progression for her character to stand up to him. And then to not actually kill him. I actually, you know, obviously in the moment I was like, Oh yeah, fucking rip him apart. But I like the fact that she didn't kill him, that but that he still died, and that she kind of yeah. I hate when somebody says, "If you try to stop me, I'm going to kill you," and then all they do is just like throw them around. You know, it's like right. You just fucking said you were going to kill him, kill him. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I like that she kind of got to maintain that a little bit of a, a level of yeah. innocence. I mean, she's never, you know, she's she's. I think I'm pretty sure she's killed some of the soldiers in the first like. Couple oh yeah, seasons, she's, but she's like popped other people's heads, but they weren't main characters. So that's there's different. <laughs> but roles. it also was like a cr- crisis, like they had guns and they were trying to shoot her. Situation, like it wasn't like a I'm going to do this out of revenge sort of thing. Like I think that somewhat yeah. changes the. I, I I appreciated that little. I'm sure that was deliberate. Like they could have had a satisfying moment of her ripping him apart, but then like how is she any better than him? You know what I mean? In that moment, like I, I think that was kind of a nice thing for her character. Um. And, and I really appreciated, you know, the, like, I, I know he was kind of undercooked as a character, but I, I always kind of enjoyed Eddie, like the new, you know, the new guy that was on the run. I just thought the actor really brought more to that role than was even on paper, you know, like he, mm-hmm. He seemed he was very. Well, I love that they they tapped into the real life phenomenon of, you know, the 
the 80s hysteria around satanic cults and right, how Dungeons and Dragons right. got like dragged into that too. And like people really fucking believed that that was a, you know, their, their children were being turned to over to Satan via a fucking role-playing board game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and that that like becomes like a real part of the plot of this, this fucking story. Right. And I love that. I love that, you know, when at the end, when they have the, you know, quote unquote earthquake, that uh you know when the ground's splitting open and fucking you know hellfire is coming up or whatever that like the the main asshole jock it's like just fucking sliced in half i was just like yes right ah. so great little satisfying like like two second like almost off camera death for him but it was great because yeah. to- if anybody killed the jock that would be over the top so this is just like like well, and he was yeah i mean it, you know it, he's for sure like a psychopath like he was definitely gonna kill lucas like you know if he didn't fucking evade him. Yeah. Who, he also, I thought, and Lucas, who is always a character that, that's that been kind of underserved, I think, on the show, really had a much better like arc this season than I think any of the other kids, like of the four, you know, the four boys. Like, it seemed like he had more, you know, a more interesting arc. And I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I like him and Max. The show always you know, has like, the struggle of, of introducing more and more characters. And then it's like, well, what do we have them do? And it's like, are we having a scene where they're doing something that is affecting anything? Or are they just talking to each other about you know but like why are they all here still and so they only introduced one new character this time and you know they had a that eddie had a short arc well, uh, and they, the stoner kid but he was like barely you know with the, the oh yeah it's just, like... it wasn't a real character right, so right he's just right. there to say say dumb shit um but yeah I, I i agree with you that uh they gave lucas more to do um and I and I love I I mean I I, th- I think I mentioned the first like I think Max is my favorite of all the the I mean the, if you want to like break him down into like kids teens adults you know that the, the yeah. you know, like of the kids section of, of the of the cast like she's always been my favorite I I I you know I I think she's probably other than maybe Millie Bobby Brown she's the best actress or actor on the show and and of of the kids not obviously we're not right. not including david harbour right. winona ryder fucking murray brett gelman or you know any of those oh people, yeah but yeah I, I still remember loving the the airplane fight scene i was just like, like <laughs> but um very, but very indiana jones but i thought she really brought a lot to her performance this year i loved the the episode four uh which was like her, her her episode that was like the dear billy episode where she you know reads the letter to her brother and then vecna fucking almost kills her and then you know the running up the hill yada yada but push, right right and which she, she said she spent an entire on the itunes charts yeah she says she spent an entire day listening to that song on headphones to prep for it and i was like wow you probably hate it now <laughs> but <laughs> but, you know, but, whatever. but i love that i mean that's to me that's like one of the best scenes in the series like the way and it's not even a song i particularly cared for either before the uh before the show but it was just so perfectly they, they do this thing on the show that i really like that um it's definitely in danger of becoming a trope like the like the slow choral version of a popular song like you know like with fucking uh social network did with creep in and you know in the trip like it's, it's definitely in danger of becoming a thing like that but for now i think it's well utilized if it's not overutilized which is taking a popular song and playing it but also mixing the score in with it and adding this kind of triumphant sort of symphonic you know backing but still keeping the original track in the series and there's a great couple great uses of that in the season which is that kate bush song 
and uh, Separate Ways by Journey, which is another song that like I I, I, I like like Journey enough. I've never been like, oh man, I gotta listen to <laughs> gotta listen to my Journey album. But like you know, I mean, c- coming from you know the, the area of the country that you come from, that's fairly sacrilegious to to say. A Journey from New York. I don't know. No, but they're just like, you know, it's like saying, yeah, I don't really like Bruce Springsteen. Well, no, that, that would be, that would be, if I said like, oh yeah, no, Billy Joel, that fuck that guy. But no, that, of course, I, I love, I love Billy Joel, but, um, but no, I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, but I, I love the, the, the way they use separate ways in the, uh, penultimate episode this season, like that kind of like really creepy, like orchestral, like sort of minor key version that they did where they, you know, bring the the full song in by the end as they're like gearing up to fucking execute I don't remember the, the final. second episode that well, but that's that's kind of the downside of binging the whole show. Well, no, the second to la- or... the, the 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 second to last episode. The um... yeah, I know what penultimate means. No, I know. Um, but yeah, I just it's it's like I don't have a separate memory of a lot of the episodes it, it because they into, right they do kind of dump it all at once. Although I, I will say the final episode being two and a half hours long on its own. I was like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I long. like, it was definitely indulgent, but I, I think I like that yeah. better than trying to break it out into like a 10 episode season. Like just, yeah. if it doesn't yeah. have a logical cutoff point, you know, and it just it plays seems like, like a the movie. first act of the final episode really dragged for me. It was like, just really, taking their time to get to shit happening the, the plan unfolding seems like it took a long time like that could have happened a little quicker but I, yeah. to me i love the fucking final kind of you know triumphant scene where they where where the plan the, the kind of inception scene where they where it works on all three levels of the dream or whatever where they fucking you know they they burn vecna in the attic and then they fucking you know like 11 vanishes them or whatever in the in the vecna dream world and then uh, but, and, and I love the way they brought back, uh, uh, fucking running up that, running up that hill for that scene where, you know, the, the kind of like orchestral epic version as fucking Nancy's like blasting him with a shotgun. Mm. But, um, and of course, typical eighties horror fashion, they have to do the classic don't shoot him in the face trope. So he somehow manages to survive, you know, oh, the trope where he falls off the balcony and leaves an impression right. on the ground. And Michael Myers fucking go down there and he's gone. Yeah. Which I, was, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I, I the, all saw that coming. The second, yeah. The second I saw him hit the ground, I was like, Oh, Michael Myers, they're going to look, he's going to be gone. Fucking hundred percent. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I really enjoyed the way they, they, they put that scene and intercutting that with, fucking hopper literally chopping a demogorgon's head off with a fucking sword i mean not just any sword either did you know that sword is the actual prop sword from conan the barbarian is it really holy shit i didn't know that yes that's fucking awesome it is it is the real sword that arnold schwarzenegger used in both conan movies that he did where did it come uh, from in like diegetically i don't remember the a sword being introduced until that scene it, it was when they had when they lined up all the prisoners to go like fight the thing oh that was one the of the things place, they gave them right they that was they just like gave him a bunch of random things and that right, just happened to be like sword it wasn't and... the thing that he had originally i don't think <laughs> right. but it was the thing he picks up in the moment because that was kind of too like like wait where did that come from so i had to look it up you know he had the spear in the first fight because he lights the tip on fire like memories like really trying hard to light the tip and they finally gets right. it and fire is yeah, the one so thing that kills apparently them, but... but apparently it's it's really fucking heavy because it's a real sword it's just not sharp because you wouldn't want to have be swinging a real sharp <laughs> right. sword on sweat but it's it's just as fucking heavy as it looks and 
not you know not everyone can pick it up but david harbour is apparently a big enough enough guy who they got into shape <laughs> well i was gonna say you see him sure <laughs> this season you're like god damn you fucking got in that hellboy shape for that yeah horrible he, flop he, of a movie he called up chris pratt and was like all right buddy how'd you do it <laughs> right <laughs> i love that they had to explain that be like oh no he's in a russian gulag for six months that's why he's in incredible shape now. <laughs> right totally. well i wanted to get other other leading roles and turns out you know you only go so far with the fat funny guy thing right. so uh, on uh, netflix you got to check this out there's a, a short film that david harbour did um it's a mockumentary where it, it's it's about the uh david harbour finding out about his father who used to be like uh used to do um like stage plays but for uh cable access oh wow Right. But it's none of it. It's all fake. It's all oh. fake. And of course, it's, it's it's David Harbour playing his own father. That's right. right. But yeah. really, it's like a riff on Orson Welles and like all the ridiculous shit he did in the 70s and like <laughs> c- commercials that he had to do and he would do them drunk. That's You awesome. know, and just it, it's it, it's it's really funny and um, clearly shows that like he knows how to make fun of like some of the cornier elements of, of uh, stage theater, especially <laughs> like, you know, back in like the 60s and 70s. Uh, but then it'll like cut to like modern times where like all these myths about his father uh, he's learning are like not even true in the first place. He was mm-hmm. just like a schmuck basically, but it's, it's, it's kind of like a, almost a one man show, but not quite. Um, and uh, so apparently like his father uh, did this, you know, version of, of uh, Frankenstein, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Like the story of it. And right. so the, the Netflix special is called Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I did see that. I added that to my queue. I definitely got to watch that. That's yeah. I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember it, coming across that. I mean, like, what the fuck is this? And it's only like half an hour long. So it's not like a, you know, like a full right. thing, but it's just like something he did with some friends. And um, yeah, it, it's it's funny. Like he, my, if you really want to see David Harbour, just like comedic chops. This is, this is, this nice. is it. My uh, my favorite like little bit of like post show post season trivia that I I saw was that apparently that kiss that David Harbour and Winona Ryder had was not scripted. They just decided to do that on like they decided the two actors decided to do that on the day of shooting. Yeah, because they're like, all right, enough with this fucking will they won't they horse shit. Like he they you just you just saved him from a prison like. This is fucking stupid. I'm gonna kiss her now, and like we're not like, which is really funny because you think that would be a huge plot point in season five if that were the case. But they're right. like, well, yeah, they fuck didn't that. have the scene where the 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 two kids kiss either until they got on set and were like, oh, no, we want you to do this, and they were like, uh, we didn't know that you're gonna pull that on us. But, uh, <laughs> I guess we're pr- feel pressured to have to do it now, I guess. <laughs> right? So, which was controversial at the right. time. It's a little sketchy, um, but um, but I but I and oh, but I was saying about like I I really. The one thing, again, like, I just think that they need to not at not under any circumstances next season do another fucking fake out death because they've they've really, I think, strained the patience of of the fans of the show with, I mean, you know, Hopper in C- at the end of season three, w- like they fucking, you know, completely destroyed everybody with making us think that he actually died and then l reads his letter but nobody then, like, thought he died nobody no, fucking f- thought he died. for five minutes you thought he died i, I mean i agree that they need to not do that because it's but, lazy but no i mean until they had the tease at the end i think i i was pretty conv- i mean they they did a lot to you know and uh, like it, it just that was like a big fake out that they obviously at the end of the episode were like oh yeah don't worry about it we won't really make you think he's dead and then yeah this season with max actually dying and that being the cause of the the 
uh and and really fucking tragic too like when she wakes up and she's obviously blind and her fucking limbs are be like she because you think like when when l stops vecna from killing her you're like oh fuck she's saved but then you realize oh my god she's fucking blind and her limbs are like this is horrific like this is even worse like you know not not even but like like fuck this is horrible um but then she dies again anyway and then l fucking you know whatever shocks her back to life i I literally watched that uh i was watching it with ash and i literally in that moment watching that scene just said out loud that's not how the force works (laughs) (laughs) she she literally yeah she pulled a fucking fucking ray from from you know uh with the rise of skywalker and fucking like force healed her basically um just whatever whatever the what are your powers uh whatever the script says i I really i really hope God, I you know, and I I I really almost, and I hate to say this because she's my favorite character. They should have just let her die because it, it, if she comes back next season and she's not blind, then that's ridiculous because that means that L like literally force healed her. And if she comes back and she's but blind, didn't give her vision back. <laughs> well, no, but I mean that's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Like do. if she did, if she does come back and she has her vision, that's preposterous because that means she literally f- healed her. I can I, I can fake buy that she used her can- telekinetic powers to like compress her fucking heart quick enough to like start it again. You know what I mean? Like I, don't that- even, I don't even really care. I just think that they, they should not be afraid to kill off major characters because then their death has an impact. Right. I mean, know? if you're going to steal from game of Thrones, fucking steal the good, like the, the, not the best part, but like the most <laughs> impactful part. The reason it's such an impactful series is that they're not afraid to fucking kill. I mean, they did it once with a fake out, but for the most part, they've killed beloved characters on that show. A lot of them like you know yeah um well, so it's it's funny because i was just like for for fun with ash i was like let's let's do a drinking game because we'll do like make up drinking games for movies we're watching yeah. that we've both seen a bunch of times we couldn't figure out anything so she's like hey let's start let's let's just throw on season six game of thrones and we'll just you know anytime somebody swears take a drink anytime somebody betrays someone take a drink anything <laughs> something is on anytime something's on fire that wasn't supposed to be on fire take a drink so we got drunk pretty fast but yeah so we were we were like watching you know, like they didn't they didn't resurrect Jon Snow until like the second episode of C. Like they, they left they left him dead for over a for full episode shit. and yeah. over a full year. Because I mean, rem- like, you know, we that was the fucking craziest part is that like that for people the, that don't remember is like that was hanger season five. And, and that was the last book that came out because of fucking George Martin's laziness or whatever. Like <laughs> he so wants nobody, to be a sports writer now. <laughs> right. Because because nobody fuck. So nobody fucking knew for sure that John was coming back. It was like, oh, yeah, he probably is. But. Maybe not. Like, you know, like there was no, we didn't know. We had no fucking books to go on. We were like, yeah. this, this is fucking horrific. And then, yeah. And then, the, which is why it was so much more satisfying when he fucking takes the breath at the end of that episode. And you're just like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, fucking <clears throat> huge cheer. But, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I really, they need to not do that again. They need to kill off at least one of the ma- the kids. Like as fucked up as that is, they need to. No, kill- they do. They do, they need to kill someone so that you felt like there was some loss. Because otherwise, it's just you're just packing more people onto a show where you feel like there's no and, risk involved in anything they're doing. And honestly, probably. And and and, I, and he's always been one of my favorite characters on the show. Hopper should have died at the end of season three. That would have been so much more impactful if he died, and then the the ending went exactly as it did, except he wasn't in a fucking Russian gulag for all season. Like I, I mostly hated that plot. I mean, I think they, they, the, the last episode was good, but I, I just, yeah. I, I could have done without it. And honestly, it would have been more impactful if he had died. And I don't think they need him anymore. So this weekend, cause Ash is a huge 
Stranger Things fan, uh, there was a uh, Stranger Things store pop up at a mall out in the suburbs, Oak Ridge, Oak Park. I don't know. Starport where all... <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like a mall. Yeah, there was like a little like mini Starcourt mall <laughs> pop up inside this mall, That's right? Awesome. Which is yeah. kind of meta. So, but like you got to buy tickets for it. So you have to buy tickets to get to go to buy more <laughs> to fucking to merchandise. <laughs> right. So they got, they, they know what they're doing there. So it was kind of cool. And we went there and there was some little bit of displays and exhibits. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but I was like, I don't really want to buy anything because there's nothing that I would really, you know, wear or put on or whatever. But uh, I did, I did notice they had a, a uh, severe lack of uh, hopper merchandise there. If I, you know, saw <laughs> something with, uh, him and the the season three Miami Vice outfit, I might have might have worn that, but <laughs> I, I, it, she ended up getting us a couple of matching uh, coffee mugs. It had like the it was like uh, greetings from Hawkins, Indiana, right. and it had like a like silhouette of all the kids on their bikes, right? So I was like, all right, at least it has bikes on it. So whatever. right, you can use it; it's, it's functional. But um, I yeah. Yeah. I actually bought I, after season three, I was in a Burlington coat factory, which is you know you buy like regular clothes there too and i saw a hawaiian Turns shirt out they're not factories though you go there and there's no factory no, it was it's very just stuff they made out somewhere else not a piece yeah. of machinery to be found but um <laughs> no uh yeah no i went there and i i stumbled across a shirt in my size that was like like 90 percent identical to the fucking hopper shirt so i did buy that after that season oh nice <laughs> like a nice hawaiian shirt in that nice. similar color but um fucking when he was cosplaying his magnum pi for the whole season that was that was the best hopper like when he wasn't really a cop and he was wearing this fucking insane like yeah like magnum pi like off yeah. off duty fucking shirt and it was like that was the best <laughs> hopper they probably should have let him die and not become this like weird like anti-communist fucking jacked you know oh yeah he, he had like this fucking like navy hat on in the, oh, in the man, final that scene br- that hat was brutal that is i was somebody, like you somebody, can take that off now <laughs> somebody, yeah i was like dude no, you're not fooled anybody come on but but also it was like blank so someone thinks some people were theorizing that that's like it had something on it and like they couldn't get clearance like whatever it had on it, it was a logo or like you know navy hmm. whatever like uh, yes yeah, so, because it was very weird how it like had the fucking the um flowers or whatever the fuck those things are you know the the gold leafs like on the brim but it had nothing on the actual bill of right. that or on the you know the the front of the hat so it was very bizarre um yeah, yeah i looked, don't know i mean like they, they, it was sort of unclear exactly how they got back i mean i just wanted to see that fucking helicopter fly and they spent so much time like, i know what will, the fuck will it, won't it fly and i'm like we're only gonna get to see like one little cgi shot of it hovering over the prison and i'm not gonna show anything else are we <laughs> i was very disappointed by that i know i know and the fucking the the, the shithead guy the yuri that they yeah i apparently they they couldn't even like uh, claim like the 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 conflict that they, that uh uh the man of the man with no face or whatever fucking like talks to, to him about to like jack him up to like actually want to like you know save them or whatever is not even like a communist russia victory it was some like you know civil war i don't know it, it just it, the politics of the season were real strange and like you know they, yeah it's just unnecessary well, like i not- mean if I really want to get my David Harbor flying on an old Russian helicopter fix, I can just go back over to Disney Plus and watch Black Widow again. I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, if I must. But I, but I, I look again. Like, you know, just to wrap up the 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 show and like the season. Like I, I really enjoyed the season for the most part. I think that they 
you know, they know what they're doing with a lot of flourishes, even if it's obviously very derivative. Um, I think that that's kind of their lane. I know they're, they, they have the rights to, uh, the talisman, which is a great fucking Stephen King book from the seventies. I think it's like 79. It was like right at the, like the height of his cocaine phase. So it's one of the real great fucking, you know, like real batshit Stephen King books where some kid like goes to like some other parallel like world where it's like medieval, but there's like, we're funneling them weapons from like our world. It's, it's a whole fucking, it's insane. It's a weird fucking story, but it's really good. Uh, hmm. it's a good book. It's pretty epic. So I, I'd be very interested. It's kind of like what they're doing now meets like a game of Thrones type thing. So I'm actually very, so this is a show they're going to produce. After yeah. This? Well, they, they have the rights to it for Netflix. Right. So they're making it for under their like production shingle or whatever. Um, so I'm very so curious this, to see how that comes out after they finish season five, of stranger things. Yeah. I think they're yeah. supposedly they're writing five. Now they're going to make that. And that's going to come out in like 20 early 2024. And then they'll probably make this show and whatever other Stranger Things fucking spinoffs they're going to. I will say the the scariest part of this this finale or this end of the season was seeing like a a seventeen year old Millie Bobby Brown uh, de aged to be an eleven year old. (laughs) That was the creepiest Uh, fucking uncanny valley I've ever seen. We're not talking like de aging somebody who was old to like look like they're middle aged. This was. Yeah, like 17-year-old turned into a 10-year-old. I was like, oh, God. This it, is- it was weird, though, because when they <laughs> cut her hair off, she looked very young. I was almost like, you can almost just shrink her height-wise, and it would it would kind of work. But like, it was very bizarre the way it ended up looking, because they did the Luke Skywalker thing where they had like a young actress in that, like in the physically yeah. in the shot, and then they would like put her face on it. They just... And like, it, it... Oh, they God, did, it was They weird. did that shit in Blade Runner, and it looked fucking great it, with... Uh, fucking right sean young they you did know that. it's i think it's just the tv but budget just, versus movie a, budget thing it is yeah i just think it was also like they lit it in a way that it looked okay where it, that, that yeah. scene in blade runner was very darkly lit uh or just you know high contrast lighting so you're well that's your the key eye doesn't see all the imperfections hiding cgi would. yeah i mean that's yeah. jurassic park was like the a master class and shadows and hiding shit to make it look much better but um yeah, and like the, it wasn't even that bad when she was standing, but when she was like when she had to do like the yelling face with the hand up, like that's when it was really like, oh god, like what, what yeah. is this? What is this? That affront to nature? This fucking kill it with fire. Um, but no, it, it was <laughs> yeah. it was. I, I really enjoyed the season, but we'll, we'll you know again, I, I'm excited and I like the idea, and I knew that it was going to have an unhappy ending. They've kind of alluded to that, and I like the idea of the last season being like oh fuck like it's the, the you know the two dimensions slash worlds slash universe whatever it is are fucking bleeding into each other i do hope it scales beyond hawkins and it's not just like oh well they fixed it and nobody knew about it outside of this little town like that that would strain incredible amounts of credulity well it, he even says he wants to destroy hawkins and then the rest of the world and it's like what do you have against hawkins in the first place like why the, what like, well i mean it was is, where is he it just was, you know, he yeah, came but from, like, that, but like, sure, but like, why would you hate the city itself? Like, what did the city do to you? It, I don't know. Just, his, just, his motivation is pretty paper. Th- I mean, like, it just uh, garden yeah. variety. <laughs> He's a sociopath. He likes spiders. He doesn't, I'm, you know, care I'm about evil. People. And this is the first place I can be evil in. So I feel like that could have been a little go. more right. Like you could, like you, if you were doing his backstory, you could have given him a little bit more of like a tragic reason for him to be so fucking 
like sociopathic and angry and whatever but yeah it's whatever you know it is a white man from indiana like what else do you (laughs) need right right it was in the it was lead in the water i mean that's probably what it was it was (laughs) lead in the water the lead in the gas the lead in the paint i mean you know it didn't get to live a a, as privileged enough of a life as i was supposed to so i gotta burn it all down (laughs) right that's that's if there's anything i've learned from the midwest mindset of white men it's it is that yeah no yeah we see it all the time all right well i think that wraps us up for this week but um yeah, if you want to support the show, rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots. I am on, uh, we have Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at bike slutty. Yeah, we'll see you next week.